Hello, everyone. This is Smoke the Podcast, Episode 9. How is everybody doing? Well, as usual, thank you for tuning in. Um, Smoke the Podcast, really, really appreciate it. Um, We have a lot of fun doing this, and, you know, hopefully you guys have a lot of fun listening. Anyway, today's topics... um, Actually, before we do today's topics, we have a special guest. We do. Our cousin, Anthony. Hello. How you guys doing? <laughs> um, Anthony's new to uh, podcasting, so he might be a little shy. But we're going to try to get him to uh, join in on our conversation. I'm yeah. a shy guy. <laughs> uh, so today, we have um, the smoke of the day, which is Avu, Avo Uvesian, classic number two. And hopefully, hopefully I didn't butcher that name too bad. <laughs> um, the whiskey um, in the glass is the Nika Coffee Grain Whiskey. And not coffee as in the stuff you drink in the morning. Um, I believe that refers to the distillery or the, oh, okay. the style. Okay, okay. Um, and the triggered firearms topic of the day is a, a very common question that uh, gun owners get. Why do you need guns? And questions like that. So we're going to be addressing those. Yeah, those are those are some common questions. Good good questions, though, to ask. So, um, so let's get into the smoke of the day. Uh, I was actually in charge uh, of getting the smokes today, uh, which is unusual because Ryan is usually the cigar guy. Yep. Um, but I'm going to give you a rundown. I actually went to a shop, brick-and-mortar shop, with Anthony yep. to pick these up today. Um, so the description from Cigars International is the Avo Classic Cigar is a beautifully constructed piece from the very finest premium leaves, including a silky Connecticut shade wrapper and Dominican long filler leaves. The result is a creamy, smooth taste and wonderful aroma. Uh, secure yourself a box of these today and rest assured you've always got a great blend to rely on. Um, so I'm about a about halfway through the first third, maybe a little bit less. It lit really well, really easy, really good draw, and it's burning a really clean line right now. Um, uh, the creaminess is definitely there. Uh, that's what uh, the salesman told me today, that you know this is a little more creamy than, I believe he suggested, Oliva, Connecticut. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so far... Uh, it kind of does remind me of that, or even a nub as well. Yeah, I would say a nub. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I definitely agree on the creaminess on the draw. Um, it it was told it, it sold as a medium cigar. This seems pretty. I mean, I'm a not mild a cig- cigar. Yeah, mild, but I mean, it seems heavier <laughs> than I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. first thing I noticed is um, even though it is Connecticut wrapper, it is pretty dark for Connecticut. Yeah, I would actually, I mean, you know... I, I would have like never you, guessed just by looking at it. Yeah, like I told you guys when, when we opened them up, because uh, they, they came in the tubes, um, I was like, wow, that is, that's a really dark uh, Connecticut or mild cigar, man. And this is a um, pure Dominican oh, uh, tobacco. Okay. Um, Connecticut wrapper. It's a Toro shape, so 6 inch by 50 ring gauge. Okay, so a little longer than we usually smoke. Yes, and because it's such a... Deep topic today. I, I think we need a little bit a longer. Smoke. Yeah, a little bit longer of a smoke. Absolutely. Um, these uh, are currently going for about fifty dollars for five on Cigars International. Wow. Okay. And they were um, about twelve bucks from a, bri- a brick, and brick and mortar, mortar store. store. Yep. Okay. Um, That's okay. actually similar to the Cigar International price if you factor in the California tobacco tax. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's actually not bad. Um, yes. So that's about a ten dollars cigar. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely not a bad smoke. I'm not a big c- cigar guy, and I've listened to the podcast a couple times here and there. Yeah. And one thing they did not mention, which I feel a lot of people who don't smoke cigars that often would say, is if you like the cigar, you tend not to spit. Oh yeah. You notice that? that is true. Yeah. Yeah, that is correct. Like like when you're enjoying the cigar, you don't you don't feel the need to, yeah. to have to spit. You know. Yeah. And I feel like this one's going to be pretty good on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, um that that there's a combination of, of of the cigar and then that and you're burning it too hot. Yeah, so um, I think people that tend to spit a lot um maybe try just puffing it a little slower. Yep. Um and cooling down your smoke just a little bit um, yeah. would help on that. Yeah. Um but that I is also do point. agree of the, <laughs> that that does happen reg- if you have a bad smoke, I mean regardless. <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's going to oh, make man. you want to I just got to get know, this so, out yeah, of my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. It gives you a very yeah. bitter taste sometimes. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh what's in the glass today? So, um, Anthony was in charge of getting the whiskey, and uh, we had the idea of getting a Japanese whiskey in honor of Ryan going to Japan next week. Yeah, That's right. yeah, I'll be heading out to Japan next week. So. And just a quick thought, I was just thinking, why don't you try to pick up some Japanese cigars? Oh, yeah, while well, I'm over there. there. Okay, the yep. I did that in Italy, so mm-hmm. I think it definitely is a possibility. But the guy also <laughs> did mention that they tend to be really strong. Okay, well, so we might have we'll to see. eat a big meal before. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. So the uh, the whiskey is uh, Nika, and it's spelled C O F F E Y. So I don't know if that's coffee or Kofi grain whiskey. Okay. And from my understanding, um, that is a method of distillery um, that uh, the people who make it um, kind of got from uh, Scotland. Oh, cool. So yeah. it, uh, I'm I'm assuming that this is going to be similar to Scotch. Oh, okay. Excellent. Um, so the tasting notes uh, by Whiskey Exchange um, on the nose: a sweeter and fruity, uh, sweeter and fruity with oodles of sweet spice, mango, <laughs> papaya, and orange peel. So let's go ahead and smell yeah, let's it. Go ahead and smell that one. Uh, oh, it is. Sweet smell. That yeah. is weird. Of orange. Yeah. On the palate: toffee popcorn with heady citrus and tropical fruit. Quite a mouthful. Okay. And the finish, not especially long-lasting, rich oak and marmalade notes dominate. All right. Well, cheers, guys. Salute. Actually, that does uh, – it does not remind me of a scotch. That's really uh... – That's right. I had watched a video on this last night, and the guy said, this tastes more like a bourbon to me. Yeah, and, I, I and, would agree. And I am very happy about that. I'm not a big scotch guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely – uh, not doesn't have the smokiness. Oh yeah, that a Scotch has, um, but maybe a little more than a bourbon. I think. Yeah. Um, it's, I I definitely taste the citrus in that. No, oh, yeah, um, definitely. It's it's definitely sweeter than some bourbons that I've had. Yeah, but not overly sweet like the the Rebel Yell that oh, we no. had on the last episode. Yeah, that was a little too sweet. <laughs> I think I think that's like a Southern thing. I was telling, uh, I believe Ryan, I was yeah. telling that over the phone that I think it's like a Southern thing. Like they have like the sweet teas, mm. Southern comfort. You know, yeah. they, they they tend to like their stuff sweet down there. Yeah. So it could be. So um, some unique facts. Um, it's forty percent or forty-five percent alcohol by volume. Okay, uh, making that ninety proof. Um, about sixty to sixty-five dollars for seven fifty milliliter. Oh wow! Okay, so, a little higher in price. I don't know if that's uh, imported uh, from Japan, kind of thing. Well, or... I'll, I'll try and find out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it says this is predominantly made from corn and distilled in uh, a coffee still or kofi still. Okay, however they pronounce it. 
Um, yeah, the complex, sweet, and mellow flavors of this expression will help you rediscover the beauty of a grain whiskey. Well, um, I don't know that I, I don't know that I need to rediscover it. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely discovering this uh, as as a good <laughs> a good whiskey so far. I enjoy it. It's it's delicious. Definitely got a smooth finish. Got a little bit of a bite to it, which I like. I don't like I don't like something too smooth. You know, usually usually when something is too smooth it's lacking flavor right yeah this thing's a good uh happy medium yeah it's right in between. i think so yeah i agree there's not much burn going down but um i've had smoother um but i've also had some with a lot less flavor yeah yeah this i think this hits uh hits it out of the park as being kind of the best of both worlds yeah i've never really uh i don't think i've ever had a, a japanese whiskey to be honest uh i've had suntory um which to me tastes m- more similar to a scotch and um it was decent uh but this uh is definitely changing my opinion uh to be even more favorable not not that suntory was bad it just it wasn't my favorite okay. um, i believe you have it was a while ago i uh-huh. bought some before mammoth okay um but that was definitely more scotch like okay yeah sure. yeah yeah yeah. yeah, I don't remember anything similar to this, to be honest. Yeah, and I think uh, the sweetness of this will pair well with with the a little bit uh, stronger bodied cigar here. Yeah, I'm actually really digging the, the the flavor combination on this cigar with this whiskey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the the cigar's got a little bit of uh, uh, some sweeter notes, especially when you smell it on the cold draw. Uh, before I lit mine up, I I, I tasted a lot of uh, you know like dried fruit. Yep. Uh, kind of notes in there um and uh it's probably why it's pairing so well i think this is a good pair yeah it, it's it's always funny when uh we just kind of like pick a cigar and pick a whiskey and, and kinda, then they, yeah, they line up know. or yeah <laughs> well really we've don't. had some that that haven't lined up all that well but hey you know it is what it is you live and you learn so yeah all right all right so moving on to the triggered firearms topic the age-old question why do you need guns um that that's like i said it's a great question um i think personally there's a lot of different ways to answer that question um and i'm i'm a man of my convictions (laughs) so i stand uh oftentimes very strongly by the way that um i feel about questions like these um at the end of the day though again there's a lot of ways to answer this question and so um, I think it'll be neat to kind of to kind of hear a few different uh, you know arguments and, okay. and, and uh, you know in in either way. So. so for the purpose of this podcast, we're gonna do a little something a little bit different. Um, you know, Ryan and Anthony. Uh, Anthony's also a gun owner, so you know he's uh, has has an opinion on this. He's also one of our hunting companions. Yes. For those of you that don't know. Um, I have an opinion on this, but for the purpose of this podcast, I think I'm just going to play a little devil's advocate on a lot of these and and see if we can't uh, spark a pretty good debate. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I hope you guys are ready. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be too harsh, but, you know, I, I want to do... No, I do wanna I, keep yeah, it, obviously. Uh, I want I want to keep the other side in there, you know, because it is a um, a big argument you know it's it's, it's yeah a very common question it's why, definitely you know, why guns is a very common question yeah it's a it's a question that you get asked quite often um even even when not not even on the topic of guns but on on topics that may include guns like hunting or sport shooting or even just home defense oftentimes you'll get asked you know that question or a variant of that question and so I think it's something that as a as a gun owner um whether that's a, a 22 or, or a handgun, or you've got a whole vault full of 
full of guns, you need to know why do you own one? Yeah. You know, there's, there's always a, there's always that, that lingering question. And that's, yeah, I think that's a good, um, uh, a good question to ask yourself. You want to buy a gun too. Right. Oh you know, yeah. Why, why do I why? do this? What, yeah. what, am, what is the purpose? Why do yeah. I, you know? And yeah, we did touch a little bit on that when we talked about, uh, buying your first gun as well. What are yes. you going to use it for and things like that? But, um, yeah, I think this will be, this will be a great topic for, um, those that own guns and, and, and essentially may, uh, believe very strongly that owning guns is, is a good thing. And, and it's great for, uh, those that kind of oppose that, that thought process as well, you know? All right, so let's jump into it. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys both, why do you need guns? Why do you need guns? <laughs> uh, and that's the very vague question, so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll ask some a little more specific ones a little bit later on. Okay. Um, I think for me, and, and um, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's quite a long answer. Um, I don't know if you want yeah. to start with that, and, and then we'll all kind of go, go after you. Well, it's kind of tricky because, I mean, any gun guy... You could tell them because, or like you can tell them a reason I would give usually, and you wouldn't sound crazy, but if you were to tell someone like, well, self-defense, a lot of people would think like, really, you really think someone's going to be coming through your window at night? Like there's a possibility, you know, so without trying to sound too crazy, uh, for me, they're really fun. (laughs) Um, I get to do do things with my cousins that we didn't do before. You know, I get to go out with one of my uncles that I didn't really hang out with before. Um, I get to talk to my dad more about it, you know, get to talk shop with, uh, other guys at work who, who are on the guns. Um, so it's like a hobby for me, but then on the other side, there is the self-defense purposes and hunting purposes, you know, and not, I don't want to sound crazy, but you know, SJW shit, it's fan purposes, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, for me. Um, I've kind of broken it down in, in my opinion, I thought, you know, kind of the overall topic, why do I need guns? And for me, I think it's a God given right to protect myself and my family. Um, and that's against criminals, uh, tyranny, uh, animals even, uh, and any enemies foreign or domestic and, and just deadly threats in general that can be stopped with a firearm. Um, the next reason is because it's our right to responsibly hunt and provide for our families. Um, and guns, in fact, are the most efficient and humane way to take wild game. Um, I'll touch more on that later. And then last but not least, I think it's a right as our U.S. citizens. Um, as, as U.S. citizens, it's, it's, it's one of our, our rights. It's, in fact, it's the Second Amendment um, you know, to the Constitution. And so um, there's that. There is the element of, of a lot of people collect them and their heirlooms, and there's a lot of history um, in oh, guns, yeah, and you find a lot of historical guns out there. Um, and, and definitely for hobby sake and things like that, um, sure. But a lot of people will, you know, um, often say, well, what about, um, you know, airsoft guns or BB guns? You can have those or you can have bows and arrows. Why do you need to have a, you know, a larger bore firearm? And, and so um, we'll get to that later. But to, to expand a little bit on, on the three points that I mentioned, um, okay. I'd like to just kind of share uh, the Second Amendment, which is a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Okay. Okay. And I'm not. I don't want to make this a Second Amendment topic or a yes. Second Amendment debate. Because yeah, I mean, and, and we will have uh, podcast topics dedicated. To, oh, to that. absolutely. And interpretations. Yeah, and interpretations. Like that. What that means now, you know, in today's present day, because obviously that was written a long time ago. 
Um, that's not what this is. However, it does need to be mentioned. It, it does. Because yes, it, 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 is, it is part of the argument. Um, in fact, it's what our nation was founded on. You know, the explorers that initially discovered America came to America um, were actually armed to the teeth for that day and age. I mean, they came in with muskets, cannons, sword. They had plate armor. They had helmets. I mean, these guys were not coming in to this country going, okay, we're going to make a settlement here and have no way to defend ourselves. In fact, you know, they were more armed than, than the natives and, and things like that. And that was mainly for the defense against pirates, natives, and other countries. Um, you know, oftentimes back in the, the day, other, other country ships would, um, you know, enter combat with one another simply upon seeing um, the flag of another country. Um, but it was also necessary for hunting and settlement protection. Um, which to me, again, goes right back to the hunting argument and home defense. Um, the other thing is our independence was fought for with guns. Uh, many of the U.S. troops and militia during the American Revolution were simple farmers and, and laborers. Mm -hmm. In fact, they grew up hunting with, with the same guns that they ended up taking into battle during the American Revolution. I mean, these guys were using the guns that they grew up learning how mm -hmm. to shoot with. I mean, in that... You know, if that doesn't tell you something about it, you know, in our, our rich history with the fact that our entire country is founded on that, um, then, you know, I don't, I don't know any other better way to kind of get that across. <laughs> I mean, essentially the entire American Revolution was one with citizens um, with guns. And, and, and most of the actual uniformed troops were also hunters, fishermen, uh, laborers of the colonies that signed up and essentially did the same thing. Now, moving on to the self-protection um, point that I had mentioned, um, you know, you can, you can talk about criminals, um, and most common would be home invasion, robberies, rapes, violent crimes. So anytime that there's a, a threat of, of death or serious bodily injury, um, you know, and, and there's a whole bunch of other arguments that go along with that. Um, on top of that, it would be civil unrest, so like looting, rioting, raiding. We've seen this in, in incidents like Hurricane Katrina, um, we've seen this in incidents like the Watts riots um, uh -huh. and, and things like that. And, well, and to cut you off there, I, I think a lot of people sometimes think that um, somebody who's going to use firearms in that situation are going to be out, you know, flashing their gun around and and uh, you're, you're talking strictly using it for self-protection. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, absolutely and, not. And guarding your Yeah, home trying and, to get, if, I mean, say something like that were to happen while mm -hmm. you're out, you're at work or you're, you know, you're, you're just out of the house, you're going to need some form of protection to get, you know, to your vehicle, get your vehicle back home. And I mean, like I said, we saw in Hurricane Katrina, people breaking into homes, looting and rioting um, in the streets and, and, you know, throughout all these flood zones where there were people still trapped and living and trying to survive on what, you know, what food and what means they had. And they, uh -huh. were, they were taking from the people that didn't have guns. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, so that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm not talking about running up and down the streets, shooting at people. I'm, I'm talking <laughs> about personal protection. And, and before any listeners who may not agree with the whole gun, uh, ownership, um, all those people who were in Katrina or in the LA riots who had a gun probably never thought they would need a gun for those such purposes, you know. So never say it can't happen because it has happened. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then obviously, uh, tyrannical government. You know, we've seen civil war in this country where two sides uh, of, of of Americans have 
felt that the government was was wrong um, and and decided to wage war against one another with guns that um, they owned and that they used every day. Again, we're seeing that again in that situation. Um, but we've also seen it in other states, other countries, um, uh, other you know other nations where the government begins to take away rights or they begin to take away guns and and crime. Um, runs rampant or the government then just begins, uh, you know, disarming the people and, and you know, <laughs> sending them off to God knows where to do God knows what. And so, um, well, that, I think the response to that would be nobody's trying to take away all your guns. <laughs> well, and that's fine. They, they might not. But if that day does come, then I know as an American citizen, I'm protected. So with that, I have another question. Okay. Um, uh, on the, along the same lines, but I'm going to ask you a little more specific. Why do you need an AR-15 or AK-style gun? Well, I'm going to just answer the AK one really quickly. Okay. The only reason you would need an AK platform is because you're not smart enough to buy an AR-15 platform. <laughs> no, <this is> a- <laughs> <Get out of> here. <laughs> no I, I, I joke. I, I totally joke. Um, the, you know, the only reason you would buy an AK is if you wanted to not hit what you're shooting at. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, some, some would argue that the only reason you buy an AK is because you want reliability. Well, and see, you know, there you go. <laughs> if you want reliability but not be able to hit anything, sure, go for it. Um, no, I'm, I'm totally joking around. It, I think that both platforms are absolutely fine. They both have their, their pros and cons. Uh, but what is, um, the, what is the need for a civilian to be using one of yeah, those. Yeah, absolutely. So the reason um, f- for me personally is uh, they are excellent um, for personal defense. And the reason why I say that is home defense, number one. Number two, though, is all enemies, foreign and domestic. I mean, think about it. Here's the thing. It is the musket of today's time. Every single person who was, you know, when the Constitution was framed and, 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 and the amendments were all framed, the musket was owned by every single person. In fact, there were townships and, and cities and, and places in the United States where every able-bodied man had to, was required to have a musket in their home, some sort of a rifle. That was the AR-15 of its day. That was the standard issue, just a you know a black powder rifle. Nowadays, we have AR-15s, we have M4s, we have M16s, things like that. That is the musket of today's time. So I think that you know, if you are an able-bodied American, um, I think that it's great for not only home defense, but also for national defense. I think that if you claim to be a, a diehard citizen that would do anything to protect your nation, you should at least consider owning some form of a rifle. More importantly, you should consider owning some form of an AR-15 and being familiar with that weapon system. The reason why I think they're great for home defense and for things like that is simply because they hold a a large amount of rounds um, in most states. And in our state, unfortunately, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is great for uh, quick target acquisition and for handling, again, multiple, multiple, uh, multiple criminals, multiple enemies, multiple threats. Um, A lot of other states use them for hunting as well. They're not legal for hunting here. They're not? Um, Not generally, no. Really? It depends on what you're hunting. Yeah, the caliber's it, pretty uh-huh. small for yep. most, like, uh... Yeah, and so... But I suppose you could, build, you could build an air platform to, how do you say, uh, accommodate that caliber, right? Well, yeah. and that's a, that's a, again, that's a whole nother topic. But mm-hmm. in a lot of other states, yes, they're used for for hunting and not so much just hunting as, as uh, uh, 
wild game population control. So we see them a lot in areas where they have rampant um, coyotes, coyotes, uh, wild oh. boars that just tear up the environment and <clears throat> things like that. So they're very useful in that case. Um, they're also great. And again, when I say all enemies, foreign and domestic, I'm talking about domestic terrorists. We've seen multiple incidents involving, um, you know, homegrown terrorists or even terrorists from, uh, you know, other countries or, or mass shooters that um, show up with an AR or an AK variant of some form or, you know, with multiple, you know, multiple weapons, you'd be able to engage somebody like that from a long distance. Um, you know, I think, I think you'd have a tactical advantage. Uh -huh. Um, so to me personally, that's where I see the necessity of owning an AR-15. So the next logical question, I think, uh, from the other side would be, well, if we got rid of all those guns then nobody would have them. That's not true. It's not true? No, absolutely okay. not. And the reason for that is because um, how many of those criminals are going out and getting those guns legally? How many of them have built them with, you know, um, parts that are purchased off the black market? Or how many of them are even eligible to own or possess those guns? How are you going to get rid of that out of the hands of criminals? And I know we've talked about this on our show before. That that's a that's an old argument that's going to get beaten to death. Well, yeah, the, the criminals, problem is the criminals don't follow that the laws. at the end of the day they really don't follow the laws. Yeah. So how can you expect to have that? You can go back to the 1930s and look at law enforcement um, in the 1930s. At that time, they were carrying lever action rifles, maybe small shotguns or shorter, like you know, double barreled shotguns. A lot of them were carrying you know 38 style revolvers and things like that. This is during the time of, you know, organized crime, the mafia, a lot of the prohibition. Um, and those criminals were importing Thompson submachine guns, BARs, all forms of uh, semi-automatic, you know, uh, uh, weapons and, and fully automatic submachine guns and things like that. And so at some point you have to realize, okay, we need something a little bit bigger to take these guys down. In fact, one of the main reasons why AR-15 platforms are being used in law enforcement today is because of things like the North Hollywood shootout where those guys were using assault rifles, fully automatic assault rifles, and they were fighting street cops. Which who, were not legal yeah, in California. Which were not legal in California at the time. Or, the, or, or, the, United or, States. or the United States, really. Um, without proper permits and things like that, they were wearing full body armor and these police officers were going in, again, with 1911s, 38s, uh, Berettas, uh, 9 millimeters, and shotguns against these fully automatic, I mean, huge bore caliber rifles. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, this is for a different podcast also, but uh, didn't they have to go into gun stores and actually get yeah, the, yes, the guns? Yes, yeah, they from what seized I guns from gun stores <laughs> to fight back, rifles and, yeah. and things where they could potentially hit them from a longer distance. And so I think for me personally, I look at that and go, well, if the criminals are going to equip themselves with that, if the government is going to equip its soldiers with that and they, for whatever reason, become uh, a tyrant government um, or a government that's run by tyranny, um, do I want to be outmatched? No, I let's, don't. Let's also not forget that an AR-15 is not what the military no, gets. No, it's not. It's not even close to what the military gets. <laughs> <laughs> and that leads into my next question. Um, and a lot of times you see this in the media. Um, so I'm going to ask it the way I've heard it phrased. Um, this should be a very easy question because I have my answer and I'll actually give you mine um, after. Uh, but why do civilians need military-style assault weapons? Can you can you define military style? Exactly. <laughs> For me, please. Uh, that's that's the whole thing. Is <laughs> typically when um, 
somebody uses that that's not really familiar with guns, um, they uh, throw they lump the AR-15 or the AK in that category, and it's definitely not no, part of that category. Yeah, it's not. Because because um, why isn't why is it not part of that? Well, it, the whole thing is a trick question, and the reason why is because we don't actually have as civilians we don't have access to military style weapons no. or or just military standard issue weapons. Um, we don't have burst fire. We don't have full auto. We don't have explosive ordinances like C4 and grenades and uh, uh, RPGs and law rockets. And I mean, you could you could make a whole laundry list of guns that we don't have access to. Some of those YouTubers online, man, they they, <laughs> they get those certain background checks done. What what is it called? The uh, C class license? I have no idea what it's called, but I guarantee you, we're not getting one here. Oh, no, yeah, I know that. Well, and and, and that's and, far uh, and few between, and a lot of them have per, like a purpose to get that way. You but know. if you look at those and, guys, they're all Gucci'd out with all their suppressors and fully automatic weapons. You don't see them do nothing stupid. But I believe too. I I think they have to get their guns. FFL. To, well, yeah, but and their guns have to be manufactured before a certain year because I think um, I think certain uh, fully auto uh, guns uh, are illegal that were. Uh, before the the federal law went in place, right. uh, so anything after that's illegal. Yeah, there's there um, are some that are grandfathered in, and a lot of them are pulling permits. Uh, for example, but the problem is, is uh, I mean, you're, you're not just your average citizen is getting it. I mean, you have to go through all kinds yeah. of yeah. It, it, I mean, it's it's not easy. It, it's almost you know, and you have to have, prove that you have a purpose. Like, yeah, I'm running a YouTube show where I'm gonna sh- you know shoot a lot like one round out of a law rocket just to see what happens. Mm. Um, and We're things about like rockets that. and stuff. We're well, about automatic stuff. Well, even that too. Yeah, there's a lot of that that happens as well. That um, where you have to, you know, just yeah, exactly. But what I'm saying is, I, I guess my point is, is you know, military style could mean anything from, you know, the M4, a fully automatic M4, to you know, at that point, why can't I buy a, a big old bundle of C4? You know? Yeah, so you know what I'm saying. Basically, I think the answer to the question is you can't. You can't, you can't. go. You can't just go into the store and buy one. Yeah. Um, you have to get government permission if you want one. Yeah. Yeah, I believe, um, I believe the steps for that, you have to go to your local sheriffs and you have to get okayed. And you, I think they they may even do like a like a, a, a such a background check where they have to like go interview neighbors and stuff. Yeah, I think it, I think it turns well, actually, into almost like a military I think it's actually more at a federal check. level yeah. at that, at that yeah. point. But yeah. again, that, that has, you know, very little to do with, with the topic of... Yeah, if, and if you guys want, we can do a how to obtain automatic weapons. <laughs> I think uh, I'm podcast. good. I think I'm good. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it kind of you know, uh, well, you know, why you need all, like like those guys don't need like anybody in a fight's not going to be shooting automatic. They're going to be shooting. How do you know shot. that? I mean, most do. Well, we just we just brought up the North Hollywood where they were shooting automatic. <laughs> yeah, we've been there was multiple times, and again, we've seen it all throughout history where you're seeing organized uh, crime. Where they can bring those things in over the border, they have huge networks that can do that. That can can bring them in through U.S. soil. So, um, in my personal opinion, this is just my my personal belief. I think that, to an extent, so don't everyone go freaking out on me. But to an extent, I think that civilians should be able to own some of the same equipment and and things that the United States military has. I have no problem as long as you pass the uh, proper channels. Well. Know. I yeah, think it's that, my right as a United States citizen, but hey, that, whatever. That, that's also for another topic. Exactly. <laughs> um, so before we move on to the next question, well, actually, I would like, to that. I'd, yeah, I'd like to see if Anthony had anything to add to that as well because I feel like I've been 
uh, why, why are the AR-15 and the AR, AK? AK, or military style, if you had any anything to add to those. Well, I mean, if we're talking about self, self-protection, then those are obviously very good choices because military uses them. Or use that style. A variation of, of one. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're also very fun to shoot. You know, you mm-hmm. can you can give an an, a, an AR to a younger person who was just getting through the day shooting twenty two. They can pick up an AR and have fun with that, no problem. And it's just just the tad bit more kick, but like the boom and everything else is a lot more fun. Ammo's inexpensive to go shooting. You can go yeah shoot like a thousand rounds with a bunch of buddies and you know plink some stuff, which is real fun. Right. AKs. I mean, you could even use that. No, I suppose you couldn't use that for hunting, could you? Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty big round. Yeah, I don't know no, if it's necessarily it was, as accurate as you'd want it to be. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh, like boar hunting or something like that. You're not going to be too far off, anyways. You're not going to be taking three hundred yard three hundred yard shots, right, for a boar, anyways. Yeah. But, well, and like we said, hunting doesn't always have to mean taking game for the purpose yeah. of eating yeah. it. It can be for population control. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. So definitely. yeah, for in that purpose, I know that I know for a fact they're used. Um, in a lot of the countries where they have herds of wild boar trampling through, you know, towns and yeah. and, and uh, backyards and things like that. So I know that they're useful for stuff like that. And at one point, the uh, ammo used to be somewhat reasonable. Well, when you could buy it online, now it's a little tough to do something like that. Well, in right. California, it is. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, these questions are, are – yes, there's some that are – you know, we tailor our answers for Californians. But but this is – these are questions that are asked across the nation. Oh, you yeah. Know? And, and so – That's true. And so, yeah, I think that you're right. Right. I think the ammunition is cheap for both of them. I mean, you can buy uh, AR and AK ammo in, in multiple different, um, like the AR-10, multiple different variants, yeah, I say, variants basically, of the, same. Of, of the same weapon system. Um, you can you can buy them for a lot cheaper than you could even buy, like, uh, uh, deer rifle rounds, like the 270s, 30-06s, and things like that. So Yeah, we'll get into this more in depth in another podcast, but I, I also think uh, with the AR-15 style... Um, there's just so many options right um when you're talking about the different variants of the bullet that it shoots and just all the accessories that are made for right. it it's, oh, yeah, it's really like it's like barbies for guys yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you, you can uh you can find hundreds of companies probably thousands of companies that that make parts for that specific type and i think the pe- th- there's a lot of people that that don't they look at the ar and they see that just the the AR that's constantly, or the M4 that's constantly being shown on on the media, and it's just this all black, um, just basic style assault rifle, maybe with a, a small scope on it or an ACOG or something of that nature, um, and that that's what they see, and they go, "Oh my gosh, that's evil." A lot of people don't realize that by the time you put a bipod on it and you put a, a huge scope and and everything else. It's suit. Some of them can be way too bulky to to carry around and do yeah. anything with, and and a lot of guys modify them for long range shooting or for for hunting purposes. Um, what we don't have access to in here in California, which I think is a great point, the AR variant doesn't necessarily have to be a rifle or a carbine. You can make uh, AR pistols mm-hmm. um, that are legal in other states that are insane for home protection because they're short. Um, you can still add rails to them. You can add lights. You can add uh, lasers. You can add everything and be extremely effective for home protection or even self-defense. And I think there was a uh, – and, and correct me if I'm wrong because I'm just kind of going off the top of my head here. But there was a shooting, a mass shooting in a church in Texas mm-hmm. um, where the suspect was either shot uh, and wounded by a civilian AR or was at least slowed down or, or inhibited yeah. at some point by a civilian who had an AR-15 yeah. variant 
variant in his truck. Um, and had he not opened fire on on that suspect, things might have gotten a, a lot worse or a lot more out of hand. Yeah, that guy actually, uh, he was a damn good shot. He uh, he, he did. did. I, believe, I believe the guy was wearing body armor. Yeah, and he actually hit him in the, in the side, yeah, in the he, ribs. And purposely. The body armor wasn't, yeah. Yeah. So, and same thing with the San Bernardino shooting where we had, uh, and the Santa Monica shooting, for example, where you had suspects with AR-15 variants or assault-style weapons, basically. Quote, unquote. Quote, unquote. Um, running up and down city streets. Now, um, I know for a fact the Santa Monica shooting took place all over Santa Monica, yeah, all yeah. over the city. Um, had somebody been in a neighborhood and seen that young man um, taking fire on somebody and had an AR-15 and was able to take him out from over 100 yards, 200 oh, yards, easy. it would have stopped a lot more carnage from happening. Same, same with the San Bernardino shooting. Possibly. It's, I mean, it's a, yeah. it's, a, it's a potential thought. So um, I'd like to revisit the cigar. Yeah. I'm actually really enjoying this. Um, I've had to do a couple of touch-ups. Uh, I've had to do a lot of touch-ups. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why. The, <laughs> it, it, it seems like it's constructed really well. Um, it's just burning a little uneven on mine. Um, but I will say, I, I'm, I think I'm smoking this a lot faster than I smoke uh, most cigars because it, it's really, 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 really tasty. It's it's smooth, it's tasty, and I know I was worried when I looked at them and I told you guys earlier, I go, man, this is probably going to be a strong cigar. I yeah. did not trust the opinion of the cigar shop uh, owner or, or worker that suggested them. So uh, obviously he, he knows his cigars, which leads me back to the point of always uh, ask and get an opinion. It oh, might yeah. be wrong, but a lot of the times it's right. Could you have gone, <laughs> could you have gone a little heavier than this, Teddy? Um, yeah, I, I think uh, I could handle something a little more with a little more body to it. Oh, I, I definitely um, could. Yeah. Um, I just, I, like I said, I assume that this would have a lot more body to it. Yeah, this, um, like I said, I'm, I'm throwing off by the darkness of the wrapper, yeah. you know, oh, yeah, being in yeah. Connecticut, uh, does not look like a Connecticut at all. Um, I'm going to have to probably do a little research and see if maybe it's the Dominican leaf that, um, that, that maybe is darker. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's very enjoyable to smoke. Um, the, uh, ash is staying on very well for me. Um, I don't know about you guys. It looks like you guys are smoking a little bit faster than me. So I, I'm a, I, I tend to, I have a tendency of tapping. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, so I ash very quickly. It's almost as if you've smoked different kinds of tobacco before. Uh, cigarettes. <laughs> yes. it, was, it was a bad time in my life. <laughs> a lot of rough, a lot of rough times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is uh, pretty enjoyable. And what are you guys, uh, thinking about the whiskey? It pairs in, insanely uh, well. I already had to do a refill. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I will say. Um, this, this is, might be a little different than what usually happens. Um, I, I think I might've enjoyed this a little bit more, uh, with the, with the fresh pour. I might, I might enjoy this a little bit more, uh, neat. Neat. Yeah. Um, um I'm as, as the, as the water or as the ice melts and, and kind of waters down the whiskey though, I'm noticing a lot more of a, uh, orange or the citrus flavor uh -huh. than I did before. That's why I only asked for three cubes. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, generally we do just three cubes, but considering our, our topic, we just assume that, you that we may go long. Best in some ice balls. Yeah, we might want, we might have to. Um, actually with the <laughs> ice balls, um, not trying to go off topic too much, but, um, I find they don't melt fast enough. Oh yeah. Um, and I typically, it, it, I guess it would just depend on the whiskey with this <laughs> whiskey. I would probably like it. Honestly, uh, with or this, the rocks. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say whiskey rocks. stones would whiskey be good. Stones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, would be pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. 
but you know, it, it, when you try something new, it's it's hard. To, yeah, you uh, you just don't know. Yeah, you know you, what you just to do expect. it the way you usually do. Yeah, things. yeah, absolutely. So I think yeah, I think definitely next time we'll uh, have to have to try this neat. You'll have to try this in Japan. And tell us how it. Oh how yeah, it there we go. It, 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 it probably tastes better. It's probably more fresh or something. I'm telling you, look, <laughs> try to get hibiki when you're over there. <laughs> it might I'll, it might I'll be like, my best. like drinking a Guinness in uh, in, in Ireland. Ireland, where it's the best Guinness <laughs> I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so. Uh, another question that's very common that I get. Okay. Why do you need so many guns? I'm going to let Anthony take the lead on this one, <laughs> and then I'll jump in. Why do you need so many guns? Uh, I like to have options. <laughs> um, when I go out shooting with a bunch of guys, um, it's, it gets kind of boring when you get to sh- when you have to shoot one thing or another. Like, you only have two options to shoot. Um, yeah, I just like options. Options. Uh, it, well, not only that. Like, like I have, I have a gun at home that's specifically for hunting. My shotgun. Mm-hmm. You know, I bought it because it's it, it can it can take a turkey turkey hunting if I need to. I can go duck hunting if I need to do. It's light enough to where I can be checking it along for a, a chucker hunt. You know, um, it's a workhorse. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's one topic or one uh, thing I use that one for. It's also good for skeet. I mean, if you're going to be hunting with it, you might as well be practicing with it too, right? Right. Um, I got my AR at home. That's for self-defense, out having fun, plinking with the guys. Uh, 22s, I have a bunch of 22s. You know, when you want to go on the cheap, you got to have something something a little cheap on there. Yeah, and 22s are super yeah. fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 22s. That, that's that's the way to go. If you when, don't when, have a 22, you're missing out. You, yeah. yeah, you really are. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And you yeah. can Gucci those out pretty good too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know? they... Uh, and there's so many different models out there you can buy. Yeah. And the one fun fact for all you California people is um, 22s, uh, you know, don't have to be on the handgun roster if you want to get a 22 pistol because really? it's going fire. Yep. Right on. Yeah. Uh, same with uh, if you buy an uh, AR-style 22, you can have evil features on it. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's, it's rimfire. It's rimfire. It's not yep. center fire. It's not a center fire. Yeah. To continue, um, if I had the money, I would buy pretty guns. <laughs> I like to look at pretty guns. Yeah. If I if I was making good money and I had money to burn, I would definitely buy one of those. Uh, I'm not sure what they call them, but like they're uh, the hand carved Beretta shotguns. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Would, like the hand engraved and yeah. all that. Yeah. Um, those are yeah, beautiful. I mean, uh, with a serial number of three or no. one. Or yeah, that, that's that's <laughs> a, amazing. You know, and, and that's I think a lot of some things a lot of people don't. Uh, understand that some people just appreciate the oh, yeah. the, the craftsmanship. You, you know, there, honestly, there's a whole like sector of of, of gun uh, owners that don't even really shoot. They Ooh. just collect guns mm-hmm. and they buy different styles of guns. And and um, I would have to argue that although my father-in-law does shoot a lot, um, he he would be one of those guys that I think likes to collect some very unique guns and some guns that have a lot of history to them, or or even just guns that are. Just like you said, cool or really fun to take out to the range. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. From from what I know, your father in law, I know that he has a lot of guns that he doesn't even shoot. Um, yeah, that are, that are them. in the box and they're they're one of a kind. And yeah, and then, he, uh, he loves j- them. Just talking to him, uh, the few times I've talked to him, he 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 just loves. I think he loves to have unique guns. He does, oh, yeah. you know, guns that that people don't have, and he likes to to, to talk about it. And, and it's interesting because. 
when somebody that collects guns like that, they, they, they'll start to know the history and they'll know why, Yeah, you know, and so you always get good stories. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Well, and then the other thing is he loves to watch other people shoot those guns. Yeah. Um, because he gets a kick out of like, well, this is something you've never fired before. Oh, you have to try it. And, yeah. And so I think that there's a lot of that as well. That's the one reason I want to buy a 460 Magnum <laughs> to watch, to watch Ryan shoot it. <laughs> I think I'll do just fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so for me, uh, when I get asked why do you need so many guns, um, to me, I, I look at it this way. Uh, I look at it in, a, in a, I guess, a little bit more of a practical sense in that guns are, are very similar to tools. You have a bunch of different tools in a toolbox, and they all do different things. Um, you wouldn't uh, use a screwdriver to tighten a bolt, and you wouldn't use a wrench to tighten a screw. So... Um, you have guns that do a lot of different things. Um, I know we've talked a little bit about this in, in previous episodes, but long rifles are obviously are best for long range um, hunting and long range shooting. Carbines or carbines are most effective at um, medium range and are good for both hunting and oftentimes for personal protection. Handguns are best at short range and are generally used for self-defense. And, you know, you've got shotguns that are great for um, bird and small mammal hunting as, as well as home defense. And you've got a bunch of other variants, and I could go through that whole list as well. Um, but oftentimes, you know, when people ask you that question, it's like, well, I have a shotgun that I use for um, bird hunting and, and rabbit hunting, and that would not be effective against a deer at, at 300 yards. Yeah. It just it wouldn't get the job done. Um, I wouldn't, I also wouldn't use a 30 out six with a, you know, a long range scope on it to clear my house. It's just, it would punch through too many walls and it'd be, uh, very, very ineffective. Um, and so I think that, that guns in, in the practical sense of home defense, in the practical sense of hunting, in the practical sense of, of national defense or defense against deadly threats, you need to be able to use the right weapon for the job. You know, you need to be able to use the right gun for the job. And then um, similar to what, what Anthony said is that, yeah, every gun is so different in shooting um, that, you know, at the end of the day, uh, if you are a gun enthusiast or a gun collector or you're into shooting sports or marksmanship, you want to be able to have different options. And it can be, get very expensive to spend, um, you know, all day at the range shooting uh, large bore rifles. Yep. So sometimes taking out a twenty two and practicing your marksmanship um, or a, a 17 uh, HMR or, or something uh, that's a little cheaper that you can you can really just work on honing in your marksmanship is is kind of the way to go um, and so I think that that in in that case um, you you have to kind of look at it in, in that that general idea of that each gun has a specific purpose and and yeah pretty guns um, or collector's items are, are simply that they're there to be collected they're there to be cherished they're there to be passed down um, whereas, you know, for me, uh, if I get some scratches on my 1911 or if I get scratches on my shotgun, I don't care because yeah. I know I've taken it out. I've used it for its purpose. Um, and, and that's exactly what it is. Well, I think maybe the, the that question comes up so much is because it could be misconstrued as uh, stockpiling. You know what I mean? You know, why do you need well, so many guns? Meaning that, you know, why, why, why are you creating such an arsenal? And I think... Um, I kind of like your guys' answers because that's pretty much the same answer that I would have is uh, it's different. It's a different gun for different for purposes. For different purposes, yeah. Well, and there is an aspect of, of the stockpiling oh, as definitely. well um, when you know that the restrictions are going to be made or, or like, for example, with ammunition. When Not we didn't... just that. When you think about it, uh, all right, you and I, whoever, we meet up, uh, shit is fan. You know, you're going to need multiple weapons to hand out. 
I have one for Jeremy. I have one for me. I have one for my dad, for Rand and Rudy. You know, I mean, it sounds crazy to say, but I'm telling you, those people who were in L.A. never thought that could happen. Yeah. You know, never yeah. in a million years thought that would happen. Like they'd have, like the Korean store owners would have to be on top of the roof with with uh, with guns. Yeah. Why would they ever think that? I actually have a friend whose mom uh, had her front window broken up, broken open during the riots, and someone was coming into their house. Right. She had a, she shouted that they had, they had a revolver, right. they, which they actually did. Um, guy never came upstairs. Right. But it, you know, they never thought it would happen to them. Right. Yeah, I don't think anyone ever does think that. Oh, it won't happen to me. I've got this, or I've got that, or it just won't happen. I live in a nice neighborhood, or something like that. But anything can happen at any time, and and history has proven that time and time again. Um, and I think for that, that is a good point. Um, at the end of the day, though, too, I kind of also have a mentality of. Um, yeah, you do what you can to protect your own. I'm not trying to arm, uh, the whole neighborhood or or anything like that. But at the end of the day, you know, if I know that my wife and my family and, and friends or, or, uh, very close friends or, or, uh, you know, like I said, family or, or anything of that nature is as long as I know that they can protect themselves, it's, it's also a, a thing. And, um, the other thing that we've talked about too is, um, is about, uh, you know, having guns and I guess this kind of goes under the collecting, um, portion of it or, or whatever, but, um, having things to pass on to, to the family. Um, and, and I can say, uh, and actually Theodore can as well, that our grandfather, um, has, has collected quite a few guns in, in his time and, um, has also given a lot, uh, away to, uh, family as, as gifts. And, um, you know, just uh, those are, those are guns that, that we all, uh, cherish and that we all love. And, and that's one of those things when you create a family that, um, you know, you, you kind of leave behind your legacy with each one of those, those pieces of, uh, you know, weaponry. And it's the same thing though with, like I said, with his tools, he's given me a lot of hand tools, Mm -hmm. um, and, and even some power tools over the years that I just know those are, those are my grandfather's. Like, yeah, I I love them and I cherish them almost more so than, than the brand new, brand new tools that I just bought or brand new guns that I've just, you know, purchased or whatever. Yeah. So, um, so kind of along the same vein, um, when you, cause I've had the, this is pretty much, uh, based off of me having conversations with people that have asked me these questions, um, kind of the next uh, question is, okay, so you have a uh, different reason for different guns. Well, why do you need different calibers? Um, I get that a lot. The same thing, you know, well, if you have a pistol, why do you need multiple pistols of different <laughs> calibers? And um, would your answer be the same? You know, they serve different purposes because that's kind of what my answer usually is. Um, but why do you need different calibers? Yeah, so, so I think... Uh, or it, rifles. On that same vein, well, and even in um, calibers or gauges for shotguns as well, um, I think they all, again, serve a a completely different purpose. Um, I mean, when you have, uh, you look especially at rifles. I think with rifles, it it really, really uh, comes down to uh, the distance, the accuracy, um, the drop-off of the bullet, what it it is capable of of taking down. Um, You know, whether that be a, a larger animal or a smaller animal, things like that. Um, you got to look at that as well with handguns. Um, you know, the nine millimeter, there's day, day long arguments of the nine millimeter versus the 45 versus the 40. Um, when it comes to semi-automatic handguns, again, a different debate for a different day, but essentially the nine millimeter is always known as the more accurate, um, one smaller round, cheaper. Um, you can send a lot more down range and guys swear by them. Um, the 45 is known for having stopping power, uh, stopping power. And the 40 is known as just 
kind of being that weird in-between caliber that doesn't know what it is. Um, but at the end of the day, they all kind of, uh, yeah, essentially serve a different purpose. Their, their uh, effective ranges are a lot different as well. Um, for me personally, uh, when I look at, when I look at my, my selection of a 45 and a 9mm, which I own both, um, I would actually trust my 45 inside the home more so than I would my nine millimeter, uh-huh. um, simply because I want the most amount of stopping power and I'm not necessarily looking to send a lot of, uh, rounds down range just to be necessarily like more accurate and to stop the threat quicker. Um, whereas, you know, concealed carrying in, in places like Las Vegas or, um, you know, in, in areas where I'm in a more open situation, I would rather have my nine millimeter with me simply because it is more accurate. And I know 100% that I'm going to be able to make a shot that I might not be able to make with my 45 at the same distance. And you can carry more ammo. Yeah. That, that as well. Yeah. I would say different calibers. Well, first off to serve different purposes, you know, actual jobs. And then second off, which one's more fun? You know, <laughs> you want to shoot a big old boar rifle to see someone's reaction. That's, that's a fun time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think when it comes to rifles, there's a, uh, the argument uh, for uh, different purposes is, is a lot better only because, yeah, um, yeah rifle rounds, I mean, uh, they, 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 each round almost was like created for a different purpose. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah um, and developed specifically yeah. for that purpose, yeah. Um, I don't know necessarily for, for pistols, I, I think that's maybe what, where people ask that question so much. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think people that are not so much into guns, um, they, they, a lot of it comes from just not understanding. Yeah. You know, they, uh, <laughs> From what I've seen, it's it's usually um, they just assume every gun does the same thing. Right. Um, so then, why would you need more than one? Right. Um, so, uh, you know, doing this podcast is it's really hard to play devil's advocate um, with an understanding of all this stuff. Yeah. You know, because when I hear your answer, it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, I know what what I think, and uh, the answers that I've given in the past, and the questions that I've gotten as follow ups. Um, and it's usually when you're not in part of the community or not part of uh, the culture, you just don't know the answers. Well, are... you, you could kind of – an analogy to that would be you could ask a musician, why do you need so many different guitars? They all they all have six strings and, and you, you can play all of them. You oh, know? Yeah, and they so, all have different tones, right? Right, exactly. And they all make a different sound and it's all you know used for different songs or – you know what I mean? So at the end of the day, you really could ask anyone anything. My, my <laughs> answer to the why you need so many guitars or why you need such an expensive guitar is because it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you could use that. I know I joked with you guys earlier that you literally could go uh, for every single one of these, well, Second Amendment, well, Second Amendment, yeah. well, Second Amendment, well, Second Amendment. Um, but I think that that answer is far too easy. I mean, you need to be logical about these mm. things. And I think that that's part of the problem on, on both sides mm-hmm. um, is that a lot of the people really do just answer Second Amendment every time or it's my right or because I want them. And, and that's fine. It's true. It is, it's a valid argument. The problem is, is that that doesn't help the person on the other side who doesn't understand go, oh, okay, maybe, you know, now I'm starting to kind of get it a little bit. No, instead they're sitting there going, well, I still don't necessarily get it. Like I, you know, well, you, yeah. you know, and so being able to explain it and, and say, well, this is, these are the purposes. I don't know that, that too many of the people that ask those types of questions, like you said, have an idea 
that you yeah. know a 30 out six is far different than a 308 is far different than a 65 creedmoor in their their maximum effective range and their velocity and their accuracy and the you know and uh and it's yeah, and just the reason why they were developed right exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. so um i think that that's that's a that's a really really uh it's a hard argument to have with someone that is uneducated uh, well, with guns. It seems like something you can possibly explain to them, you know, like if you were to break down like the whole 22, like, okay, well, this is But the would they sit there and listen to you? That's that, the thing. So you, yeah, and both sides too. Yeah, yeah no, sides, and, yeah. and would I want to hear them out? At the end of the day, if they had a logical argument and were able to explain to me their reasoning, um, I, would, I would love to hear it. I just, I have yet to, I'm, and I'm just being totally honest, I have yet to encounter somebody who has sat me down and had a valid argument other than, well, you don't need it. You just don't need it. You just don't, well, I just don't think you need that many. You know, and that's well, what I encounter all the a time. Lot of those people who, well, some of these people who make those arguments have like thousand dollar purses. You don't need a thousand dollar purse. Yeah. You can go Walmart and buy a $10 purse. Right. It does the exact same thing. Yeah. Well, I think a lot, is, of, a lot of people uh, yeah. have that uh, things that they don't need. But the, on the other hand, um, uh, the uh, the counter argument would be well I'm not going to kill anybody with my thousand dollar purse. Yeah, you could put a brick in it. <laughs> <laughs> that, but actually, then then the thousand dollar purse might come in handy because yeah. it probably hold together better. <laughs> my touche <laughs> analogy to a lot of this, and and it's it's the same. I mean, it, when you start talking about purpose, it's different. But um, uh, my analogy is uh, cars. Um, you know, you can buy an expensive car, you can buy a bunch of different cars, you know, but ultimately it's to drive. Um, you know, to get you from point A to point B, um, that's the purpose of it. And certain cars will do different jobs. Like one car will uh, take more people. One car will take, you know, two people or whatever. One motorcycle. Will go off road. Yeah, one yeah. Will go off road. You have different purposes. Um, yeah. Uh, but well, the ar- the argument can be, well, why do you need a car that drives over sixty five miles an hour if it's illegal? That's true. Or why do you need a car that drives over seventy, depending on where you live? True. Um, because it's illegal. You know, you don't really. We need should that. have speed limiters. Yeah, you know, and 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 uh, a lot of times people don't want to answer that. I mean, obviously the purpose of a car is different than the purpose of uh, of a gun because they'll, you know, the counter argument to that is well, uh, a gun's purpose only purpose is to kill. Um, and when you phrase a when you make a statement like that and you phrase it that way, then it makes it sound bad. Well, to kill, well, you know, if I'm killing an animal to eat it, I mean, is that necessarily a bad thing well and that's or if, that's where if, you <laughs> if i have to shoot you know somebody that's attacking a loved one or something is that you know necessarily it's not a good thing but you well, know it's it's uh, something that i'm willing to do so let me play devil's advocate with you on, okay. on that and um you know it's it's i know this was kind of unplanned but here's the thing now you have someone who is a vegan um, so killing of animals, taking of any kind of animal flesh, what, I don't know what they believe. I, I eat a lot of meat and I'm going to eat a lot of meat. So I really don't care. Um, if they'd like to explain it to me, I'll sit down and listen. But at the end of the day, I'm going to have a steak. So, um, here's the thing. Now you say, okay, well, what, you know, if I kill an animal and eat it, um, is that really a bad thing? Then they're going to go, yeah. Okay. What about, okay, well, I want to defend my family or I want to defend myself against the threat. Well, why can't you use a taser? Why can't you use a baseball bat? Why can't you use your fists? Why can't um, you use some other – why do you have to have a gun? You know, And that, uh-huh. that to me is the, the response to that. And, and so how would you – you know what I mean? And so I think – Yeah, how would I answer that? Yeah. Um, very easily. 
I'm not going to uh, in in that extreme right amount of of, uh, of time or situation. Um, you want to have the most effective tool. Absolutely. And a baseball bat or a taser are simply not uh, as effective. Um, you know, I now understand uh, anybody who's gotten tased um, knows that you probably can't move, but I've seen people oh, get yeah. out of tasers. All I've seen time. not both of the taser prongs hit. Right. Um, therefore, the taser is useless. Right. Um, you have to get really close to somebody if you want to use a hand taser. Right. Um, you have to get within uh, range to hit somebody with a bat. Right. Um, there are a lot of different reasons why you would choose a firearm over a bat or a taser or a- any other method. Right. And that's the reason why people Absolutely. have been using them. For no, and, and I agree. I know the other w- argument that I and like to use. And also the reason why people are so scared of them. Yeah. The other, the other uh, argument that I like to use for that as well, the supplement, yours, is um, that someone wielding a knife mm-hmm. or an edged weapon or something of that nature can typically – they've done all kinds of studies, but they found that 21 feet is generally the effective range. If they're within 21 oh, yeah. feet of you, they will – they will close on you before you can even draw and mm. fire your weapon. And you're talking about someone that practices drawing and yes. firing weapons. Yes, yes. And, just your and so that's civilian. why it's, you know, and again, this this is a kind of another topic, but it, it relates in the fact that, you know, oftentimes you hear, well, why didn't the police officer shoot to wound? Did they have to kill him? Why didn't he just shoot him in the knee or in the arm? Or <laughs> why didn't he just wing him real quick and, you know, put him on the ground or whatever? Well, now imagine that that guy's on PCP with a knife and can't feel anything. And so... Yeah, I think your argument is is valid. Now, I think you're right, though, too. Oftentimes, the extremes on either side are hard to argue with because at the end of the day, you're never going to convince someone who believes that being a vegan is is the right way of life, that that taking and killing meat is is okay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that that the you know, it's 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 a it's tough to argue extremes. And you know what? If you're a vegan. (laughs) <laughs> that's fine. If you don't want to eat meat, that's fine. But just don't be preaching to me that you don't want to eat meat. Ah, you can preach to me, but I'm going to eat a steak while you preach. <laughs> you can talk about it over dinner. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, like, I get it. Like, you don't eat meat. No, and I, I respect you, but, it. Absolutely. But I don't know why that, that should be, like, my but, choice, too. Well, that's that's not only for another podcast. That's for a totally different podcast a vegan podcast and that's not what we are (laughs) well i i think but i think it goes into saying that um oftentimes people don't even you know they they can't even understand like like we like we're saying you know i have no problems eating meat um and then also having a vegan choose to live a vegan lifestyle that's that's absolutely fine um at the end of the day i think that's where kind of the freedom of of the united states comes into play that we're all free to be who we want to be um, and we all have rights. And so I think that at the end of the day, um, with the extremists, you have to consider your rights. You know, this is, this is just something that as, as an American, as a citizen, um, I have a God-given right to protect myself and, and to also choose to eat meat. Yeah. Well, the so. whole gun, why don't you use a taser thing? Like, if, if I'm in a fight for my life, I want every advantage possible in my favor. Absolutely. You know, and if I'm, if I'm able, if I'm lawfully able to own a firearm then I'm going to do that. Yeah. yeah. You know, now I understand that some people are not for firearms. So if you want to go ahead and, you know, take that, take that chance for that. The Mr. Robert is going to be only coming at you <laughs> with a uh, hands and fists. That's on you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think it's one of those things where the reason why you need guns at the end of the day 
is because yeah, everyone needs a gun. <laughs> there are some people that I feel shouldn't own guns. <laughs> there are a lot of people I know that shouldn't own guns. Well, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, though, you're. I mean, sure, if you're not going to be responsible about it, but I think if you're a responsible citizen and you're choosing to Absolutely. own a gun. Um, yeah, there's no reason why not to, but I, I think really what it boils down to is, is the ability to protect yourself. Um, there's a common saying that goes that, you know, my right to end, uh, my right to swing my arms in the air ends where your nose begins, you know? So I can throw a punch, but the moment I touch you in the face, it now becomes illegal, right? You Mm -hmm. know? Um, and so I think at that same, on the reverse of that, you know, my right, uh, to, to defend myself, uh, you know, begins with the threat you know and so at that point you know i think that's that's where it's the most important um so i'm satisfied with that answer (laughs) but uh you guys have do you guys have any more questions or any more uh, to add to any of these questions that were asked Uh, um yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because I, I feel like there's so many other variants of like, why do you need so much ammo? Why yeah. do you need so many magazines? But again, those are those are other topics. That's well, a ammo. Ammo's easy. The reason a lot of people who are shooters who have a lot of ammo is because it's cheapest to buy it in bulk. Yeah, that's you a good know, question. That is a good that, that is a good answer. That you is know, true. And it sucks to be in California now because they took that away from us because all the best deals were online. Yeah. I mean, you, know. you could, yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm not sure how it works now. I'm, I'm not sure if, you could, if you're allowed to buy online. Well, we're going to ship it to an FFL. We're going to release a podcast in regards to all of the ammo regulations <laughs> oh, before they come out in uh, July. So we'll probably release that podcast in May or June. Yeah, I will say uh, one of our, our listeners was a little upset that you left him on the, the hang. Yeah, they left him hanging. I feel kind of <laughs> bad about it, but at the end of the day, hey, I'd rather have him hanging and listening to each episode, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if only he had access to uh, a network of information that he kept in his pocket and looked it up on his own. Maybe yeah. Maybe could find the answer. Maybe I could Google it for him. <laughs> here's, a good, here's a question. Have you ever gotten asked that question personally? Personally, Which like, one? why do you need so many guns? Or why oh yeah, do you need yes. guns? I've been asked all of these by multiple people. Yeah, I've been asked by by my old lady. That's you know one of the first things we had. Uh huh. And I just simply told her because I want one. <laughs> I'm not even not even kidding. Well, but see that there, there's a difference in that relationship versus someone who who kind of maybe has a professional relationship with you or somebody that you know through mm, another avenue. Like uh, yeah, you can have that with a family member or you know significant other. Yeah, so, well, and, and or a friend, and they might yeah. go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, all right, whatever okay, you say. Definitely. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's and that's fine. That's fine. Um, My answer is because I'm American. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Why do you own a 45? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't like. Because <laughs> they don't make a forty-six. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you could come up with all those uh, ultra American answers, and I'm all for it, one hundred percent, man. I, I uh, bleed red, white, and blue. But at the end of the day, um, you're gonna encounter people in your professional life, or you know, maybe uh, at, at, at some of uh, you know, maybe something like church or, or other hobbies that don't revolve around guns. And um, you know, I I try not to make a a point to. To mention that I'm a hunter or that I'm a gun owner to people that um, I don't know very well, mm. um, and and simply because there, there's a whole laundry list of reasons, um, uh, specifically California related reasons for that, and we can go over that in another podcast. Um, but 
it's one of those things where it, it will come up at some point if you, you know, if you go hunting and, and people see photographs or you get tagged in something on social media or uh, you're at the range and you see somebody that you know and they tell somebody else and, oh, yeah, I saw, you know, so-and-so at the range. And um, so I've been asked, um, yeah, on, on quite a few occasions is, you know, oh, so you hunt oh, you, and you're okay with that or, oh, you yeah. own guns and, oh, man, you know, how many guns do you own or, you know, and it's it's – it, to me, it's yeah, always I one of those try things. To give vague yeah, <laughs> and me as well. Um, and then if it's somebody again that I that I you know trust enough to kind of give a a, a a decent answer to, a lot of the answers that I've answered tonight are are my reason for it. So, um, what I've come across is um, being overheard, uh, like at work or somewhere oh, yeah. talking yeah. to somebody. Um, that you're friends with, that you know are gun owners. And yeah. You're kind of just talking about, oh, well, I have this, well, I have that, I have this. Wow, you guys seem to have a lot of guns. Like, oh, I didn't even know you were listening. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and, yeah, and that's, that's um, well, very Why do you need to, you know, so then that's kind of where that, ha- that opens up uh, those questions. And typically when I've been asked this question, it's been uh, in front of a couple of uh, people that are also, you know, gun owners too. So, the, you know, you're kind of just there sharing right. your ideas. Right. Um, well, what, would you, well, what would you say if, if someone asked you who is not – then the gun owner and they're like kind of curious like oh you have a bunch of guns yada yada mm-hmm. like how would you like kind of approach that like answer that in a non uh, how do you say a, a way a way to like kind of spark their interest in it maybe you know what i'm saying um, so maybe like kind of like doesn't see them negative way like, it, it, if it's someone that doesn't necessarily see them in a negative light and they kind of see the purpose for it but they're like i don't know you know yeah. oftentimes if it is somebody that i trust um, and that I trust that they're responsible enough. One of the best ways that you can do that is to invite them out to the range, yeah, or invite them somewhere where you're in a controlled environment, and you can say, you know, this is a gun or this or that. Um, a lot of the times, what I'll, I'll um, do is, yeah, extend an invite to um, to go to the range or to um, even go hunting. And the great the great one is is hunting. Because in order to go hunting, you have to go through the hunter safety course. Yeah. So no matter what, they're at least having a little bit of knowledge mm-hmm. um, about it. Um, that's always a good way. And then the other, the other way is to ask in, in, in return rather than answering, asking them questions back. Yeah. To try and figure out where their interest level is. Yeah, I and, would be like, have you ever gone shooting before? And if they say no, but oh man, it's freaking fun. You yeah. go out there. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm saying. You, yeah. you kind of sell it to them in, a, in, a, in not so negative light. You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe someone who's never gone shooting before – Maybe the first thing to tell them, like, oh, let's go hunting. Like, maybe that's not like the well, uh, you know, first of course, step to do it. Of course. And, and that's why I said it depends completely on the situation, on your level of comfort with that person, your level of trust with that person, and, yeah, and how me, well you know it's them. It's all about reading body language. And, yeah, and exactly. Just the way they ask the just question. Just what Teddy said. Yeah. The yeah. way they ask the question, the way they react to your answers, um, if they seem receptive to your answers. Um, you know, because I've, I've had conversations with people that don't want to know and and typically um if they're if you can just kind of tell that they're really anti and they're not going to I, I, listen to you then it, it, most of the time it's just like i you know i just kind of give really vague answers and not yeah. really not really get into it because to me it's not worth it it's um well, at that point it's none of their business yeah that's um, true it really you know, isn't yeah if, if, if they're if they're getting off that body language if they're, look, they're looking for an argument yeah then, yeah i'm not gonna argue with then 100 but if they're kind of like generally curious but like kind of like more on like the other side of the fence of the whole mm-hmm. thing like why not like talk to them in a manner to where it seems like just like a fun time out there you know what i mean yeah and 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 um but generally you have, you have to see them being a little receptive at least a little right bit. well and um yeah you know so and, which is why you know when you initially phrased the question you said if they're if they're kind of neutral towards it or, or even showing interest 
that that's a totally different situation when yeah. you have someone who overhears it and comes at you in a more combative um, or not combative but argument argumentative or, or has a more volatile attitude towards it. And I tend to um, uh, overstate – well, not overstate, but I, try, I tend to really state the, uh, the safety of it. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, yeah. Um, I'll talk about, you know, go out to the range and have a good time. Um, but also, you know, kind of see if, if they've ever handled a gun or if they yeah. know, you know, um, uh, you know, your rules, your safety rules and, and basic things like that where they can, uh, say, oh yeah, this guy's really, you know, th- it gives them an impression of that, that I'm really right. about safety, which we all are. I mean, well, and I think when you talk in that light, people oftentimes go, oh wow. Like I yeah. didn't expect that. You know, I, I, there was an article that was published recently about someone leaving a, a Glock, um, in a in a restroom or something like uh, that, yeah, I heard about where that. the Glock a Glock is a type of uh, gun that when you pull the trigger, uh, <laughs> oh, bullet yeah. comes out. And I'm like, wow, really? <laughs> no, I had no idea. I didn't know that that's the purpose that a trigger served. Um, and that was so wrong of me to have that kind of attitude towards yeah. that article. Going like, man, um, I, oftentimes we are so quick to judge uh, the other side by going. The reason they they phrase it that I, way. I know the reason why. The yeah. safety thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know. I know why. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, like, come on. But yeah. the thing is, is that not everybody instead that, of tearing them down, um, I you know, essentially what what someone should be doing is pulling on the side and saying, well, yes, you're right in one instance because all guns fire when you pull the trigger, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. What you meant to say is, what you meant to say is it, it doesn't have a like a an, uh, an external safety a, external yeah. safety even or, though yeah. it does have three safeties. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I like the idea. I like Teddy's uh, approach, uh, um, being real, um, letting him know about the whole safety aspect about it. Because yeah. when I was up north with Bridget, um, the way she saw me run the line with uh-huh. with the two kids, it, it it got her so comfortable to where she was asking, you know, what what am I shooting next? And Bridget yeah. is is not very gun friendly, you know what I mean? And that, that that's super important because um, a lot of times people are intimidated by guns if they've never been out. Yeah. And if you show them, you know, look. Yeah. Th- and and honestly, the first my first introduction to guns was when I was pretty, I was pretty young as far as like firing my first firearm. We used to we used to handle pellet guns at my grandpa's house, yeah. and and that was um, uh, he was always um, I don't want to say over the top, but he was very very safety conscious i mean that was the main thing and i remember him always saying you know if i if i catch you or if we you know see you pointing at anybody or doing anything reckless um he'd always stick his hand out like you're gonna get you know you're gonna get slapped across the face kind of thing yeah um and uh till this day it always makes me laugh like man (laughs) it was so scary back in the days you know like okay yeah. yeah and and you know you always saw him even if even if uh they walked away there was always an adult out there and and it, they, you were always you were being watched the whole time. Well, you know, it's funny as you always see jokes on on gun uh, blogs or on you know uh, social media uh, accounts of you know guys will say like, oh yeah, you know, uh, I'm not satisfied until I've I've cleared my weapon three or four times, yeah. even though I know it's yeah. clear, you know. And and I always laugh at that, but um, I had a friend of mine make fun of me for clearing a, a handgun two or three times before handing it to him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's like, Dude, if you know it's clear the first time, why not hand it over? So it's and better safe than safe. And I go, yeah, I'd, I'd rather hand it over to you and know 100%, 3 4 400%. Yeah, I mean, and right, you, know, and you can both attest, you know, we, we pull guns out of the safe and it's like, I'll clear it. Okay, cool, hand it over, and then they'll clear it. 
just, and then before, it, I mean, just, we, yeah, you, it, it's built into your brain. You know, yeah. you, you just have to do that before it, you can. Feel yeah, good. I don't even generally handle a firearm without, without like going. Okay, I don't even know. Like knowing full well that it's clear. Yeah, I know. Watching it be clear, clear, but, it have to be, it but I can't. I can't even hold it without making that, <laughs> making sure the action's open, or, or that knowing full well that I've cleared it. And it, but I would rather be that way than to trust somebody you know who who may not know clear it and and maybe not maybe they miss a cartridge maybe yeah. there's something in there i don't you don't know yeah well we're, um, we're getting a little off topic this yeah uh, we, we can uh yeah do a little a, a little podcast about uh <laughs> gun, gun safety. safety which would probably be a good topic i, I feel like this topic um, has led us to a lot more topics which is kind of cool yeah well, yeah um, we definitely can talk about a lot, about a lot more well, well how much things. time we got a little on over there um we're about an hour and 15 in yeah all right well well, if we're, I think we're getting close to the end, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. You two, what would be the, the number one caliber you'd want? Like Gucci caliber. <laughs> Gucci caliber. <laughs> not, not, none of this like, oh, 9mm or some of that because it's most effective, yada, yada. No, Gucci. <laughs> like like to, to fix what it is, up? What does Gucci mean? I'm sorry. Gucci as in like uh, outlandish <laughs> or – you never heard Mr. Guns and Gear say that? Anyway, anyways, I think. Uh, well, if you're talking, uh, I, I'm gonna have to break this up into two. Sorry, I'm sorry. I, 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 don't, I, I speak I can, English, so I cannot. I cannot uh, <laughs> give you one caliber and say it, it's got to be pistol and rifle. Nah, so, okay. I, no, uh-uh. For me, really quick. Okay. Would be uh, 1911, so it'd be a 45. Yeah. Because you can quote unquote Gucci a 1911 out. You can. Um, and they're really pretty guns. Yeah. Um, and I have a really pretty one. Uh, you know, I don't run that milfbeck stuff, so. Okay. Um, and for uh, outlandish, bro. I'd outlandish. Say, I'd say three hundred eight for a rifle. That's it, <laughs> man. Hey. Come on, bro. Think outside the box. We'll go for it. Right? Mil- well, I'm just talking about hey. the more things you can do with them. Mil spec forty five. <laughs> Mil spec five five six. Get out of here. Get out of here. And okay. and third caliber, which is technically a gauge, twelve gauge, bro. Come on. Um, and, and to be honest with with all these listeners, I believe Anthony is asking this question so that we can ask him that. This oh, question. yeah, yeah, that's that's Anthony, mainly what it is. What, what caliber would you like to Gucci out the most? Is, is it a verb? Is it a verb? Yeah, I don't even know how to use it. If I could, if I could, I'm sorry. If I could, in a perfect world, I would own a 338 Lapua, mm. and I would do some ultra long range with that thing. <clears throat> Okay, in a sniper. World. Mind, mind you, that's like twenty twenty dollars a bull or something. Not like. a, oh, what yeah. is it, a four fifty shy tech well, or anything think, like that? <laughs> oh yeah, those are badass too. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you gotta think. You, you gotta think. Uh, uh, you go long range. Like for instance, I'm doing the Creedmoor soon, mm-hmm. the six five Creedmoor. Once I get that build going, uh, I actually talked about Teddy. Uh, talked to Teddy about this. Um, doing like a little like a overnighter in the desert. I'm doing some long range shooting. What do you think about that? Anything? I, that, I, yeah, anytime we go shooting is fun. All right. But I don't need anything special to do it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so 338 Lapua and then uh, 460 Magnum. Oh, God. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, so that that uh, answer might uh, give the, the listeners a little insight as to the way Anthony... <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely bringing him on the for box. the high-end gun yeah. topic. Oh, right? definitely. <laughs> um, so you, know give, you, you would give boring answers from these guys. <laughs> what do you mean boring answers? Oh, get a Springfield Millspec and a Remington Mossberg 500. You guys want to uh, revisit the cigar before we uh, close out? Yeah. Uh, mine, uh, I've, I've just had the worst time keeping this thing lit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Same, same as last time. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I feel like I've been puffing on it somewhat consistently, a little slower than I generally do, too, which is... I mean, I don't know. I have, I have no idea. Uh, flavor's all there. Um, not nearly as strong as I was expecting. I'm really, really far into the last third um, mm-hmm. to the point where I'm probably going to be burning my fingers here soon. And I'm really not picking up too much more of a bite or, or too much uh, peppery. You got the, ed- the urge to put it down yet? Oh, yeah. I've, yeah, ha- okay. I've had the urge to put it down for a little while. <laughs> all right. Anthony, what do you think? Um, I'm digging it. Uh, pretty, I, I could probably finish this down to the nub. <laughs> um, as for me with the construction thing, uh, obviously a little bit of an issue. I had to relight a couple of times. I haven't had as much problems, I think, as, the, uh, as Ryan has had. I've had to relight. Uh, yeah, um, it might be because we were talking a little more, no, too. I've been puffing on this thing pretty good. <laughs> it could be, yeah, and you, you smoked yours down pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it can't be the way it was kept because we bought these in a uh, controlled environment. I mean, these... Um, these are as fresh as they can be. Right, yeah. So that's uh, why I was thinking it's got to be a construction issue. Yeah, so, I mean... And we've all... Like, okay, yeah. to varying degrees, we've all had to relight and all yeah. have had issues yeah. with construction. Yeah, that's true. And uh, how are you guys doing with the whiskey? I'm, I've, my I've been done with mine whiskey's done. For a while. Yeah, I've been done with mine, too. Um, did You had your second one kind of neat, Anthony? Is, uh, I've had. Do, do, you, do you prefer it neat <laughs> he, as opposed he, to... He had, I think he had a third pour, too. <laughs> I had a third pour, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I drink I drink my whiskey like uh, Ryan smokes his cigars. <laughs> Actually, you smoke your cigars faster than I smoke my cigars. So I think you drink your whiskey like you smoke your cigars. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you prefer neat or on the rocks? Or uh, I would probably – actually for this, I'd probably ask for a cube because uh-huh. it is nice to have it cold. Mm-hmm. But um, watered down would not do this thing justice. Yeah, so I would say stones, honestly. Yeah, that would probably do the. Uh, I don't know. I think I think a little, just a tad bit of water would do it some good. Okay, so maybe maybe, maybe, maybe a, a big cube. So maybe a stone, a, a stones to keep it cold, and then maybe one ice cube to mellow it out. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, if you did the sphere, it would probably do that. Give it just enough to mellow yeah. it out and keep it cold. I've noticed that about some of them, some some whiskeys that I've had in the past. Like some are just like like I would say, gentleman Jack is smooth enough to you don't need a lot of ice in it. You know, it's just nice to have it cold. So yeah. that would be a perfect whiskey for stones. Yeah. Um, and then there's just some that you just put too much ice, man, and then it just – you lose a lot of the flavor that it had. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I think I think this was really, really good whiskey. I, I didn't know what to expect at all. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, usually with, with some of them that we've had, uh, it's it's pretty obvious. Like uh, if either I've had it before or – I've had something of of that sim, of a similar like variant of it, um, especially with the Jack mm-hmm. Daniels family. Um, they're all pretty similar with a few varying degrees of difference. This I had no idea what to expect. I was pleasantly surprised uh, with how good it was. Yeah, I would definitely drink this again. Uh, oh yeah, I liked yeah. it. I liked oh it yeah, a lot. yeah. Um, uh, yeah, um, I would like to try it a little bit different way though next time. Maybe with the stones or maybe with a. We'll have uh, to. We'll have to get some sphere. spheres. We'll try it. We'll yeah. let everybody know. Maybe, yeah. maybe we'll revisit this in another. Yeah, podcast. I think so. Um, with the spheres. But yeah, so thank you everybody for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram at Smoke the Podcast for both. Yeah. Um, at Smoke the Podcast. We have been getting a lot more feedback too since uh, since we've been asking for it. It's been awesome. We yep. appreciate it. We so appreciate it. Appreciate please continue. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for listening. And this is Smoke the Podcast signing off. I think we um, discovered a lot of this. Yeah. Yeah, we just, we got to make notes on everything. Dang, dude. <laughs> You're smoking that thing way down, huh? <laughs>